This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline. You're every Wednesday live cast here on Twitch. For those of you joining us for the live show, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to chat with you all. And if you're not catching it live, of course, you can catch it on iTunes, any podcast, aggregator, YouTube, etc. Yeah. Or you can just stream it right on FrontlineGaming.org. Pretty cool. We make it easy. That's it. That was was all I had. (laughs) We make it, Frontline Gaming, we make it easy. Make it easy to get up in your ear holes. Yeah. With the smooth sounds of your host, Reese and Jason. Mm -hmm. Jason, I got to tell you. I'm a big fan of the mustache. It's growing on me, literally. <laughs> it's getting bushy, though. Like apparently, that was a dad you joke. have to, uh, yeah, you have to trim it. Apparently, you can't Yo, just let it grow all well, bushy. It gets into your lip, yeah, like in your mouth. So I think I actually have to go to like someone and have it done. Like I don't know what to do with it. Yeah, I I gotta say it suits you. Thank you. I like it. Thank you. It, it makes you look like you have a little bit more authority than you actually have. As so you know, everyone who has a mustache has an origin story. I feel <laughs> like if your dad has a mustache, like at some point. He trimmed his beard, and he's like, "I'm just gonna keep this." That's the and origin story. And then 30 story? years later, he's, he's like, "Yeah, I, just, crime. I, I had a mustache." <laughs> I feel like for me, it just that was it was time. That's a very underwhelming origin story. If you were a comic book uh, character, I'd put you back on the shelf. I don't know if there could be an actual good mustache origin story. <laughs> mustache man, that's it. He could. That would be a hero in One Punch Man. <laughs> they have all these stupid, like super Japanese heroes. It's great. There's like a guy who wears like a starfish costume. And he's like, <laughs> "I have starfish power," and he just punches people. Uh, Anyways, so at any rate, we do <laughs> welcome to the show uh, brought to you by FrontlineGaming.org where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week and the FLGN, where it's your home for all things competitive 40K. We got a, num- a number of different podcasts now with a wow. lot of excellent content. And if you notice uh, the tank top today, for those of you who are watching the show, if you're listening, just imagine it in oh, cool. all of its glory. I wish I would have worn one because I'm already it sweating. It is so hot and humid in San Diego right now. Like yeah. We always talk about how amazing the weather is, which I have a funny story about that. But uh, the weather here is, is literally, it's perfect usually. Mm-hmm. Um, the joke is that the San Diego weatherman has the easiest job in the world because all he has to do is say, today it's nice. 75 and sunny. 75 and sunny. Dane Cook actually has a bit about it in one of his stand-up, how the San Diego weatherman just is like, today it's nice. Tomorrow's probably going to be nice, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, what it, thanks? It is. But the last few days, it has been savage. And uh, as we, we always say, like, uh, most of us live in, in you know, normal San Diego uh, homes and apartments which don't have heating or air conditioning and single-pane windows because you, you know, 99% of the year you don't need anything more than that because the weather's so nice. But, oh, man, it has been savagely hot and humid. Yeah. Everyone's dying. <laughs> well, it's bad. I, <clears throat> I spend my time, I'm out in the desert and also in San Diego now, at least until, uh, you know, things get more situated. And at least there, things are built for the heat, like houses and everything. So you can go inside. It's nice. It's cool. Yeah. But in San Diego, when it's hot, like, it's just, it's miserable because nobody, it's not prepared. Dude, my, yeah. uh, my bedroom, 90 degrees with, yeah. like, 
80% humidity or something like that. You're just mm-hmm. like, oh. And then everybody in the, in the South is just laughing at how weak we are. Yeah, kind <laughs> of. Like, I mean, like where I live, it's it's 115 that's today. Brutal. Which is like, it's been the case for about a month. Brutal. Yeah. So, so at any rate, that's uh, that's why we might start sweating halfway through the show, why I'm wearing. I'm, I'm already sweating. Let's just, get, let's just get through it, man. I'm already going. Uh, All right, let's do so, it. So, but funny story, we actually had a chance to meet a super nice couple that had come to San Diego uh, on vacation, and the reason they, they chose San Diego, a uh, gentleman was in the Canadian Army. He was had some leave time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was like, yeah, I was listening to the podcast when we were trying to decide where to go on vacation, and I heard you, heard you all talking about how nice it is in San Diego, and he's like, yeah, it's amazing. They went to the zoo and yeah. all that stuff. So pretty cool. Help, it is a cool place. a good word about an, uh, America's finest city. That's what they say. That's what it's the tagline of the city. I think any, any city could do that, right? I think it's not, there's not like an approval process. I think it'd be like process. Bakersfield, America's finest city. That one might not stick. They could. I mean, you can say anything, right? Yeah. Bakersfield, yeah. America's most asthma-ridden city. No offense uh, if you live in Bakersfield. If you're in the Central Valley of California, you probably have asthma. It's yeah. actually really bad there. So at any rate, let's talk about some gaming. Mm-hmm. This week's pre-order is Aeronautica Imperialis, and there's all kinds of other fun stuff in there. You can, of course, purchase that from us if you so choose to do at a discount with free shipping options. Aeronautica Imperialis is the same scale as uh, Deptus Titanicus, and it's uh, it's a reboot of an old Forge World game that's uh, aerial combat. It's kind of like Wings of Glory Mm -hmm. or any of those type of games where you have flyers on a a map and you fly around dogfighting doing fun stuff. Um, Really cool. The miniatures are gorgeous. They're plastic. So give that a look. If it's something that interests you, you can pick it up. Currently, they have Imperium and Orc uh, kits, and I would imagine that they're going to have rules for all the other stuff, because in the original game, they had uh, Tau and Eldar. Yeah, they did, and um, it was actually really cool. Um, So I would imagine that they're going to bring out the rules for that, and then you'll see some expansions. But what I would really like to see, because this is making me think that, ooh, what if you can cross over with Adeptus Titanicus? Mm-hmm. What if uh, what if they keep coming out with this scale and then we kind of get towards Epic? Because yeah. I am all in if I can play Epic scale 40K with, uh, with the, the quality of miniatures they have now. I am 100% in. But uh, I, if it's just fly, and of course I'm totally speculating, this I might be 100% wrong. But I would like to see more than just flyers and and. Uh, the infantry scale doesn't work well, though. It does. It, like you, like it, it's not believable. Like you have to have like clumps of infantry. Oh on yeah, the base. they put them on bases. But that you know, it's just not for a. Eh. Eh. I don't mind that. Not at for all. this scale. I feel like it's a little too small. Uh, this is. I mean, it's bigger than the old. The original epic was six millimeter. It's tiny. What is this? Ten. I think it's like ten or twelve. Okay. Um, well, we'll see. I, I would have to see it, but. It's it's kind of like heavy gear or. Um, drop fleet or drop zone commander is the same roughly mm-hmm. scale i i like it i think it's perfect for you know a, a large scale battle game again i'm totally just guessing i have no idea if this mm-hmm. is going to happen but i hope it does because to play a, a a like large scale battle game with the, the how good the minis are now mm-hmm. with all the fun stuff that you had in epic that would be so cool yeah i'd really enjoy that so at any rate if you want to pick that up from us you can at a discount and uh, also for people that participated in the FLG mat sale, we are grinding through it as fast as we can. We're a, we're a couple days behind schedule right now. Most of you have already gotten your mat. If you haven't, we are getting those out as fast Hang as possible. Hang in there. 
So please just be a little patient. We're working literally seven days a week. Hang in there, baby. Um, we can we can only go as fast as the machines can physically print. And like it was, that's, just the sale was so huge and amazing, which is great. Yeah. Thank you guys. But we, um, you know, the machines can literally go so fast. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, and we, we can't yeah. actually work 24 hours a day. We're, we're, we have to sleep. Well, we so, could if people would listen to me. <laughs> we just had to hire zombies. That's right. That'd be amazing. So yeah, if you're still waiting, thank you for your patience. We apologize for the delay. We're, I think we're like three or four days behind on some of them. Uh, but we are getting them out and we will get you hooked up. Yeah. And on another note, if you, uh, in a similar vein, if you apply to be a content creator for Frontline Gaming, we put out the call mm -hmm. uh, a couple weeks ago. We got over an overwhelming response. Yeah, just like, be patient. You'll hear, don't email almost us. Almost everybody has been contacted. Yeah. Uh, we had over 200 applications. That's like 10 times as much as we ever got in the past. Mm -hmm. So it's crazy. And it, I mean, we're, 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 overwhelmed and flattered and it's it's cool that so many people want to be a part of it mm -hmm. however there i had to go in and grab like five other people to help because it, it it takes a time it takes time to go through each application and really give it a fair shake mm -hmm. um but just please be patient we are getting through those as fast as we can yeah um and no news is good news because if you hear from us it's with usually, the rejection. It's usually no, good. yeah. But if we, if you still haven't heard like if you if you submitted and somebody said thank you for submitting it's probably still in review yeah so yeah. So just be, be patient. Um, yeah. We will get back to everybody. Um, looking at the looking at the response form, like 95% of the people have been contacted at least mm -hmm. once. Uh, so just bear with us as we go through them. Yeah. And we'll give everybody the, a fair shake. Uh, and if you do get a rejection notice, which again, with over 200 applicants, that, that's probably the case. We can't, I, there's no way we can administrate that many content creators. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't take it to heart. Uh, just, just keep practicing and getting better and then give it another shot. Because we're all... These things will always keep coming up in time, mm -hmm. um, and, and you'll get your you'll get your shot. Um, but it's just it's crazy. I was chatting with you guys. I was like, I don't understand. I was trying to like give my best guess as to what has changed, because in the past we would get you know, maybe a dozen, two dozen applicants, and it's very easy. I could go through those by myself in a week, no big yeah. deal. Uh, but this the response has been massive. Yeah. And I know that we we have grown our reach, but it hasn't grown times 10 times 20 of what we were the last time we did it a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I think now there's just so many people that want to be content creators and it's gotten easier to get into it. Mm -hmm. Like when we set up the frontline gaming blog, it was actually technically very challenging back then. Like you had to have to understand like file transfer protocol and some rudimentary like HTML to even begin to do it. Mm -hmm. um, there was platforms like blogger that were relatively simple, but they weren't as powerful. And now it's actually like really easy to get into it. Like creating videos is way easier than it used to be. Creating a podcast is way easier than it used to be. So I think a lot of people just, it's the barrier to entry has gone down and the hobby is exploding right now. So mm -hmm. it's like, I was just trying to figure out, I'm like, give my best educated guess as to wh why, what the change has been. Mm -hmm. I think also a lot of people erroneously think that they can make a lot of money doing it, which let me tell you. Yeah. You can't, there is some money to be made, but it's negligible. There's a couple content creating guys out there, um, organizations that yep. hit the nail on the head. They're, they hit it out of the park. Um, but even those guys, like it's not their primary job. 
There's a like, very small, very, very, very small. Group. I can probably name them on five with yeah. my hand. Yeah. And a lot of it is you have to, like the timing has to be right. You have to be really talented. You have to work really hard. Mm -hmm. You have to live in a place where your overhead is really low. I could go yeah. on and on about it. Yeah. But if you think you're going to jump in and be, you know, PewDiePie or something like that, well, good yeah. luck to you, but odds are no. Mm -hmm. So if you want to do it, get in it because you enjoy it. Yes. Yep. Anyways. Do it because you like it. And then if you produce really excellent content, who knows what doors will open to you. But uh, yeah, the motivation should be producing good quality content first and then seeing where it goes from there. But anyway, uh, if you're waiting, please uh, thank you for your patience. We are crushing them out as fast as we can. Mm -hmm. So we just got back from Nova and uh, mm -hmm. I apologize that we weren't streaming the show last week. We had a little bit of a scheduling conflict. Um, Mariana actually flew out the day before the rest of us and, and we kind of crossed wires on that. So we weren't uh, streaming last week. Normally we'd let you know in advance when that occurs this time. We just well, got caught with our pants down, but that's Man. okay. But here we are this week. Yeah. And to everybody that was at Nova, uh, always it's an awesome event, so much fun. Uh, I, I've gone, I don't know, seven, eight years in a row now, something like that. Have had a blast every single time I've gone. Really, really fun event. Highly recommend going to anybody that's considering it. It's definitely worth it. And uh, we're not in Frankie and I shoutcast this year at the event. Um, you know, obviously our, our, our buddy Jeff wasn't able to do it. Somebody needed to fill in and uh, it seemed like I was a good fit. And to be honest, I was going in a little bit trepidatious. I wasn't, I really would rather, I, I, my thought going into it was I wanted to play, not work mm -hmm. at the event. Nova is always like a vacation for me. It's where I can go and just be an attendee and have fun and, and drink some beers and hang out. But yeah. um, duty called and I was happy to, to uh, do what needed to be done. But uh, I got to say, it was actually a lot of fun. Um, I was going into it. I, w I didn't really want to do it. I was like, ah, shout casting for yeah. three days for like 10 hours a day. Yeah. I was like, oh. It's it's more difficult than people realize yeah. to fill the time, the airtime. Because like you guys play 40K or, or other tabletop games. And um, I don't know if you talk for two and a half hours during it. Probably not. Well, the thing is and, uh, uh, GW doesn't mic the players because they're, yeah. for good reason, if a player drops, says something that's extremely inappropriate, right. that's going to blow back on them. Yeah. So the, unlike when, when other um, sh like streaming goes on where the players do most of the talking, yeah. for G-dubs, the, the shoutcasters are doing all the lifting. Mm -hmm. So trying to be like, fun, like, quite, like, I hope I was a little funny and, and Frankie too, trying to be funny and entertaining and focused the whole time is really difficult. Mariana is saying, no, you were not funny. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, but you I, I wanted to- You should get um, the, break out the jokes though. I tried. Like get, get like a handbook of jokes. I, I was like, that's what I said. I was like, look, I'm no Jeff, but I'm going to do my yeah. best. You also could have been like, hey, what do you guys think about the uh, political situation oh, in the U.S.? Yeah. And then started talking about that. That's a lot of time. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. A literal hook would have come out. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. So the uh, there's a lot of protests going on in uh, oh, Taiwan. Yeah. How about you? Let's talk about that. <laughs> and then we could have talked about religion. and Yeah. Come on. There's a lot. You, you just you just didn't think about it. The legalization. I should, you know. Hey, okay, marijuana is getting... You know, Pretty more popular, popular with the kids. Uh, <laughs> what do you guys think about that? Smoking, uh, at it, smoking a dube. <laughs> I'm sure that would have gone. Mariana like that one. I would have. That would have gone over extremely well. It would have given me something to talk about. Right. But that's what, um, see, that's why they don't let me do it uh, immediately. Like, what do you guys think about Christianity? Oh yeah, that I'm sure. Mm -hmm. They're like, keep going. Yeah. But uh, I did want to say a uh, very <laughs> heartfelt thank you. Sweat. 
to everybody that was in the chat because it makes it so much easier to, cause you, you start talking to the people in the chat. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, I just want to say thank you. Like phased out up to who's in the chat right now, mm-hmm. um, was there quite a bit. Nice. Uh, and it was really, it, it was great to get that interaction because it made it so much more fun. Yes. Uh, you you really need to, cause it. if you're sitting, you're sitting there and there's just no chat going on and they're just like someone at GW is like, come on, like give me like, let's go. Yeah. And you're just like, um, Yuck, yuck, yuck. And you just make a joke. and just... Yeah. It, it was, but it was fun because... Uh, what do you guys think about those British teeth, huh? <laughs> yeah, that, another <laughs> hot topic. Yeah, they're like, no. <laughs> we got to get the banana on there. No. It'll be the most now, popular. Yeah, now they'll, they'll be first on their list. <laughs> but uh, it was, it was, the feedback was great. A lot of people said they really enjoyed it. And they said it was like watching old signals with Frankie and I nice. making fun of each other and stuff. It, it was good. It, I, I would actually, I would be willing to do it again, even if it means not being able to play. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a good time. Voidrath, uh, was GW happy with our commentary? We got really good feedback. Um, I think we pushed it as far as we could with what is allowed. Like we were right. telling jokes and stuff and you have to be mindful of, of their goals and, and, and values and rules, but you also want to be entertaining. Yeah. Uh, and, and Jeff was the master of pushing it to the limit. Oh my God. <laughs> he would go over it. I didn't see, like, I didn't know... Like, obviously, I was friends with Jeff, but I didn't know his world, the StarCraft world that he was in. Until like we at went all. to the memorial, yeah. And at the memorial that we had, um, which was really well put on, they had a whole reel of Jeff, like, with um, his commentary on StarCraft. And, and, and he so was funny. he was a master of it. Yeah. Like, I never knew that part of his life. Yeah. And he would push it to just where they were, like, going to, like, take him off the air. Yeah. And he knew when to stop. Yeah. He was a habitual line crosser. Which was amazing. <laughs> That was really funny. At any rate, memory lane there. If anybody wants to go watch it, there's some incredibly good games. There's also some games that are not that great, but that's okay. Yeah. Uh, A couple of the highlights. If you are a sub on uh, on GW's uh, Twitch channel, you can go watch the VODs. Uh, Some of the highlights. uh, One of the the, I thought the best game that we streamed was uh, Jeremy versus John Lennon. Uh, Jeremy was uh, a relatively unknown player, but was just crushing it. He was on such a hot streak. He went in top seed to the final bracket, and he played John Lennon, who, yeah. if anybody's watching this, has heard his name before. He's an exceptional player. Mm-hmm. He went in bottom bracket, and they played one of the <clears throat> most technically interesting games of 40K I've ever seen in my life. It was a pleasure to, to shoutcast it. Mm-hmm. Jeremy looked like he had John just defeated he made one small error mm-hmm. and then john pulled out some bobby fisher stuff and that's a lot due to the nova scoring right because no, it seems like you could, there was a lot of times when i was watching the stream and i'm i'm gonna 100 percent admit i'm not all on board with the nova scoring like how it works but there was times when it was like the, the score looked like a blowout but you guys would be commenting well just wait because yeah. you don't know how it's going to go and then at the end they'd score like a million points and they'd yeah win. so that was from, from a strictly from a commentating yeah. point of view, just as some friendly criticism. Mm-hmm. And I, I talk to Mike all the time about this stuff. He and I are both obsessive about mm-hmm. tournament design and mission design and that sort of stuff. From a, from, from a playing perspective, I get it. It's fun to have end of game and progressive scoring. I totally get it. But from a watching perspective, it's super confusing. Because like you said, it looks like the score, one person's doing progressive scoring and the other person's doing end-of-game scoring, so the other person's racking up these points, it looks like it's a blowout, we're like, wait, 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 just yeah. wait. You're like, actually, that person's losing. Mm-hmm. And then from the viewer's perspective, it's like, I don't get what's happening. Yeah. And then on the last turn, they score like 30 points and win. You're like, well, yeah. Okay. Um, well, that makes sense then. Yeah, but you have to keep explaining that to the viewer. Yeah. Um, if the both players are scoring in the same way, it's just 
because that's what you're used to, right? Like, it yeah. just makes sense from a, a game perspective. But at any rate, yeah, it, it had nothing to do with the mission, okay. the format. It was just strictly amazing just technical skill. play. Yeah. It wasn't luck. It was it was strictly model placement yeah. on, like, uh, the highest level. That was a really impressive game to watch. And when then, you witnessed that in real life... It was like, so exciting like to you're, watch you're it. You're pretty good, but, like, Frankie, when I watch him play... Yeah, Frankie's super good. And when he explains things to game. me, like when I'm playing against him, he's like, there's such a, I always say this, but there's such a different level. And people don't, I think a lot of people think luck is 100% in this game, like how you or roll your dice. List or, whatever. or if you go first or something like that. But like when you watch these players who are like habitually at the top of the ITC or just really good players, it's on a whole different level. It's like chess. Yes. Right? Like they're not reacting to moves. Mm -hmm. They're playing out the entire game ahead of time. Yep. Like making you go this, doing this. It's crazy. Yeah. And Frankie is extremely good at that part of the game about seeing what move needs to be made. Mm -hmm. Like that, that's definitely where he when is. When he explains it to me talented. and I'm just like, Oh, like I'd never would have seen that. Yeah. 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 He's, he's really, really good at, at predicting what somebody's doing or seeing the move that he needs to do to capitalize yeah. on a mistake you made. Same as that guy that you're, you're talking yeah. about all those top level dudes. They can do it. They can pull it out of the fire and that's why they keep winning. Yeah. So if you want to see like just really extremely impressive play, check that game out. I thought it was the best. And people can go back on and watch the games, right? If there's subs to GW's Twitch, right? And then the, the final game uh, was another really good one. Uh, it was uh, Richard Siegler versus Nick Rose. Congratulations to Richard Siegler. You won with Tau. Uh, and, you know, obviously we always like to tease Tau for numerous reasons, just mm -hmm. like I like to tease Eldar Flyers for numerous reasons because I think either army has their frustrating parts. It can be silly. However, Matt, nothing but respect for Richard Siegler. That mm -hmm. was, if you're a Tau player, like I was saying during the game, go, go get that VOD and, like, memorize it. I've never seen, that was as good of Tau play as I've ever seen in my life. Now, on a quick aside, do you think we're seeing all these great Tau lists, but they are generally revolving around certain builds? There's basically the drone, two archetypes. Yeah. Do you think there's a way to play them competitively without the drum spam? Yeah, there, the, there's two list archetypes of Tau right now that are winning. Mm -hmm. uh, there's like the Richard Siegler style, where it's usually three Riptides. Usually some broadsides he doesn't. He takes more drones. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and he takes three commanders that are totally, that three cyclic ion blasters. So the mm -hmm. massive DACA. Uh, but it, it's the way he is, again, it's model placement and it's no surprise that he and John Lennon are friends because mm -hmm. they both are technically extraordinarily precise. Mm -hmm. Watching him play uh, versus Nick Rose's Gene Steeler Colt and Richard went into the game really nervous because he felt like the terrain was advantageous to Gene Steeler Colt. <clears throat> we were like, I think you're overblowing mm -hmm. it and he ended up winning. He got a maximum point victory against Nick. Uh, but watching how he placed his models was like he saw where the game was going to go before it went there. Mm -hmm. Like you were talking about, he, he, it was Bobby Fischer seeing the table, yeah. knowing what your opponent's going to do before they do it and preempting it because Nick had everything going his way. It was a favorable yeah. deployment for him. And Nick is a very good top-level player Exceptional player, as well. player yeah. yeah. And uh, Nick won the roll-off. He got to choose to go second, which Gene Sitter quote wants to do. Mm -hmm. um, but he just he could not penetrate the Tau Castle and he was getting super frustrated because he saw what was happening. Um, it was just Richard put his drones in exactly the right position every single turn. And the way he formed his castle, even though it looks boring because it didn't move at all until the end of the game, mm -hmm. he formed it perfectly. 
Like, it was really well played. I was very impressed. Uh, and, you know, of course, he's a super nice guy, and he's got incredibly calm composure. They call him Sir Wall uh, <laughs> while he's playing because he's so calm. So congratulations to, uh, to Richard. And, again, like we were saying, yeah. the, the Nova format, because you can score your points at the end of the game, it, it's really good for an army like Tau or any gunline army. Any army that wants to stay put until the end of the game, you're gonna, that, that's going to give you a little bit of an advantage from the mission perspective. Whereas like in an ITC mission, Tau have it a little harder mm -hmm. because they're giving up kill, kill more each turn and they have to be progressive. They have to be going out and grabbing objectives. So, yeah. um, you know, any format's going to benefit or hinder yeah. some army archetypes. Right. But so Richard Siegler does good in any yeah. format. Yeah, he, he was right he's up one there. Of those, at the he's one of the top 10 ITC player. Like those guys, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter what you throw at them. Yeah, very right. good. So congratulations to everybody at uh, Nova. It was a, a really fun event. There was a couple other uh, standouts. Uh, Eric Trock went seven and two with a all foot Custodes army that had 26 models. Uh, he did play on stream and it was kind of a wonky game and he, he unfortunately got beat pretty soundly. Mm -hmm. One of the only times he lost, but I want to go check it out. I think that was the most interesting list of the event. Yeah. Um, and then there was a couple other good ones. There was like four orc players in the top 16. Nice. Yeah, it was fun fun event a gene sealer colt was the talk of the town because they're so prevalent but that's because a lot of the best players brought it and before we move on also congratulations to nick nonavati the brown magic does it again he goes uh 4-0 and wins the invitational with yep. gene sealer colt nice well well done to him all right another cool thing that happened at the event uh, gw did a big reveal talked about all kinds of cool new stuff coming out and uh i wanted to lead off with the simultaneously my favorite and least <laughs> favorite model the <laughs> I feel bad because I had an idea for this show, and I wanted to get it to Mariana, and I forgot. Because well, I is... wanted to unveil this model, photoshopped, <laughs> with the Tobey Maguire head <laughs> from Spider-Man yes. 3. Of course, we're talking about the new K-Van Shrike model. He's been upgunned into a Primaris Marine, and the model is yeah. absolutely amazing it, This except, is a black licorice model. If you took the head off this model, it'd be the... Which you can. It, it does come with a helmeted option. They it, said they, they made sure to like stress oh, that. Don't worry. This is the stupidest haircut I've ever seen in my life. If this was my son, I would shave his head and hold him one down. Of our, well, look at look closely. We have a uh, one of our uh, in-house painters, Howie. Howie has looks, the exact same haircut. This guy looks haircut. exactly like Howie. I know. Howie pulls it off. His though. face would have worked on that too. Um, it's just stupid because it's a space marine. Like, like you're just like why like who. Somebody signed off on this, dude. Like, somebody was like, you know, it would be cool. Like, they're really, like, emo guys, right? And the, the sculptor's like, yeah, I guess. He's like, well, in Toby, in Spider-Man 3, um, when he was, uh, you know, he turned into a badass. They put this haircut on him. Like, you should put that. And the sculptor's like, really? And like, yeah, you should do it. He's like, all right, boss. Okay. And then he gave it. And the guy's just like, it's like, amazing. The, the thing is, is like, in and real scene. It's a cool haircut in real life if you're, like, a super stylish person or if you're in, like, a screamo band. Hmm? Well done, Mariana. Oh, she made it? <laughs> yeah. Where is it? Uh, but... Oh, you put up but, something. But okay. on a space... Uh, uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's the that's the image that they gave the sculptor. He's like, God, really? He's like, I went to school for this, you know? And like, Do it. Do it, you dummy. Dude, it's just a no. space marine shouldn't have a sad boy. I know. B-O-I. Well, they don't have any hair. Their hair, like... He should be bald and okay. screaming, dang it. Okay. If anything... <laughs> like a mohawk is fine. Yes. Like space wolves have long hair, right? But that's they they have a, their gen, their genetics let them do it. 
I, I, I see where they're coming from, though. I see where they're coming from. They're, they're modernizing the, the product line. I get it. But it just doesn't work on a space. It does not. I'm sorry. Like, that's a miss, all. guys. That's a miss. Yeah, big yeah. miss. So, head swap. And then the other a, thing, that little claw is really. Ah, it's all right. Other than that. So, perfect. I will give a little bit of a, a little bit of a titillation, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, when you, when, if you're a Raven Guard player out there, just be patient. You're, you are going to be extremely happy with your chapter supplement. And Cave and Shrike, the Primaris version of him, is a bad ass. He's extremely good. I think he's going to be prevalent mm -hmm. in almost every Raven Guard list. He's really, really, really good. It's also exciting to see a, a classic sculpt get the Primaris treatment. Yeah. They've been, I mean, like every time they have a new release on this, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. So, yeah. and I think they he's the chapter master now, right? Because yes, in, the, he is. in the pre in the in the seventh edition, what was it? The um, I can't remember. That, who's, it was a campaign. Shadow Sun. Or Shadow Sun, like like shot him in half with a melted gun. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Cave Van got a, a promotion. Good. Good for him. He's been working hard for that. But uh, you know what's funny though? He is standing on a giant pedestal to make him really easy to snipe. You don't have to model on that though, can't you? <laughs> it's modeling for advantage, but what? Could you take it off? I, uh, I would say. But you here, play but, it but as the thing is, is though, like, because the um the the guys that have those little jump packs. What are they called? Um, in, the intercept interceptors. interceptors. Um, they they are on flight stands that are that high. Yeah, fair so, enough. You know, but uh, I other than the dumb haircut, brilliant model. And you don't have you, they do have they said that there's a helmeted option, which yeah. will probably be which is what I people. will definitely be doing. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have a new plastic howling banshees. Uh, this is something that's extremely exciting. If you're an Eldar player like myself, you've been waiting a very long time for this. So hip hip hurrah! That's a big deal. It's 30, When's the last like 30 time? years in the making. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most of the Elder line, yeah. Yeah. Of the characters, at least, are uh, from 30 years ago. Now, the fine cast uh, Aspect Warriors are still gorgeous models, but it's about time, right? Mm -hmm. That we're getting them in plastic. And uh, they said that this is going to be coming out alongside uh, Psychic Awakening. We'll talk a little bit more of that, about that later. Nice. Uh, this was extremely cool and unexpected. There's a brand new Age of Sigmar faction coming out, the Oziark Bone Reapers. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole bunch of uh, amazing models that have come out or that they, they've revealed for this. Uh, it's a very Tomb King-like feel, but... It's not Tomb Kings. It's not, but I, I got to say that the AOS miniatures... They're constructs. They're what ludicrously they are. good. I like the fact that they are... It's, they're more and more distancing themselves from Warhammer Fantasy, which I know a lot of people are bummed about that. And they wanted... Like, there was a lot of people who were like, oh, are you redoing Tomb Kings? Are you bringing them back? Blah blah blah. You know, are we doing new skeletons? I just think it's important. I think it's it's time that Games Workshop is like this is the different a new game. Well, they're they're, like, they're and it's slowly their... happening. Like yeah, like they're creating new factions. They're not revisiting the old ones. A lot of stuff is getting removed, as they said with the Free Peoples um, when they did that announcement. Like coming up, Free Peoples. It said a lot of the stuff's going out. Um, good. It's a it's a different game. It's a new game, and, and it, these look amazing. Like these, yeah. They're not skeletons either. They're like they're, they're bone constructs, and that basically they're stormcast eternals. They're they're death stormcast eternals. So they have souls that go into these constructs. Got it. Well, you know, yeah. if you only got one drum, beat it loudly. It works for the stormcast, which I still think Does is it? such a cool. I action. hate that concept. Because there's no dramatic tension. You're like, oh, I can't die. No, they do die. They say they die. Yeah, like they can die from magical weapons and stuff. Yeah, well, whatever. They say like people like there's like um, people steal their armor and stuff. Ooh, they're, they're, they're vulnerable to theft. 
And they lose, they become mindless every time they resurrect. After they die like a hundred times? Yeah. Snoresville. Now. Yeah. You know who's brave? You want to know who's brave? Who? The uh, the guy that joins the corn army and he gets like a meat cleaver the guy and with a no loincloth yeah. and he goes like, let's boogie. These do look good though. That guy has got some cojones. That's true. Right? But then he gets exalted. An indestructible warrior in power armor that rides lightning down into a battle. That's not really brave. This war machine must be huge. Yeah. Because look at the rider on it. It's tiny. Yeah. That thing looks massive. I, I love it. I think this is one of the coolest, most creative looking factions we've seen in a while, but that's been the case of like every AOS army. Yeah. The last out. one that came out was what? The Deepkin. Yeah. Right? So cool. And so that was a brand new faction. Yeah. Uh, this is brand new. That little, uh, whatever the guy's called, a Primarch. I don't know what he is, but he's like the leader. Yeah. Looks really cool. Yep. I'm a it's big a, fan. It's interesting. It's a, a it's a fan. scenic it's a scenic base for a character, which I usually am not fans of. I want to see like dynamic action poses. But that's something different. It's okay. Cool. And then uh, some neck, uh, some warriors, some Tyranid warriors. warriors. Yeah, li- that's the literal sculpt of the Tyranid warriors from the nineties. Hey, you know really what? Good. It's cool. And then the cavalry and such. Yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing miniatures. That, looks, that does yeah. look good. I, I love them. Uh, and then the next up that we got big reveal was uh, Plastic Sisters of Battle. Uh, just amazingly cool, and they're getting very close. They said that they're going to be coming out uh, relatively soon here. In November. Yep. Yeah. And they revealed a lot of the uh, new miniatures, including the new Penitent engine. Is that? Some it's the- going to be smaller though, right? Because look, it looks like it's the guy, the rider is almost as big as the. Well. The thing. It used we'll, to be. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. I, I, there's not much I can I miss say at this from point. looking at the photos. Yeah. The, the old Penitent engines aren't that big either. Um, yeah. And then we've got uh, just some of the Seraphim and just amazing, amazing models. Like, this is going to be a big release. Oh, yeah. Very exciting. Yep. Uh, and then finally, we had a new expansion for Warcry coming out called Monsters and Mercenaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Savage Beasts and Deadly Ooh. Heroes Clash. Yeah, for those who play Warcry. I, from what I hear, it's popular. I'm sure it, people are excited. It looks, it looks like a little too random for me, but that's I haven't played it, so yeah. that take them. I could be 100% wrong. Um, it looks cool. We put together the terrain set, and it, it looks really, really yeah. neat. Yeah, one of the local game stores in town, I was talking to the guy last week, and he said that they it's, they couldn't keep it on the shelves. That's awesome. The war bands and everything. So like everyone's getting pretty excited about it. Well, one of our new content creators put up a Warcry uh, video battle report on Frontline Gaming. If you want to check nice. it out, it's... Their quality is exceptional. Uh, the videos he makes are really, really good. That's why he made the cut. Mm. So you can go check that out if you want to take a peek. All right, so let's talk about Psychic Awakening a little bit. That was the last part of the reveal, or it was actually the first part, but we saved it for last. So uh, they didn't reveal that much, but they did tell you a few key points. It's the next major narrative event for 40K. New rules for every codex in the game. And some models you will not believe. Um, I can say that uh, it, that's all accurate. Is this their actual writing? Yes. Some models you will not believe? Okay. Right. <laughs> I don't know why I found that funny, but... It's, so... They still haven't revealed a lot. Nope, they haven't. Yeah. So to kind of give you, like, an idea, um, think, like, Vigilus. It's a giant narrative campaign, but unlike Vigilus, which basically covered uh, kind of a small grouping of armies, this is going to cover a lot more stuff. And... There's some amazing things coming out with it. I wish I could say more, but I can't. Um, but be excited. I, yeah. think, I think that it's going to be very satisfying for people. It's going to develop the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's all kinds of new models and cool stuff coming out. 
for a for a wide variety of factions. So uh, stay excited, stay tuned to Warhammer Community. Uh, also, there was a big uh, big change for the com- uh, match play community. 40k, uh, the Forge World Custodes beta rules became finalized, and there was quite a few changes. Uh, we had a community member write up a summary of all the changes. The link is in the um, show notes, or you can go to FrontlineGaming.org to check it out. Uh, some of the highlights of the changes, the things that most people are talking about, the the infamous Caladius Grav Tank went mm-hmm. up 20 points in its main weapon, went from strength 8 to strength 7, from D3 to 2 damage flat. So it was a fairly minor nerf, but hopefully it's enough that it's not the ubiquitous triple Caladius that we see in like every Imperial Soup Army that was getting a little annoying. Um, I think this is a reasonable change. Obviously, it was too good before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll you see. You think 20 points is enough? Well, it's that combined with the, the, the going from strength 8 to strength 7 is a big deal. Okay. Like, that's a major breakpoint. Most vehicles are T7. Right. So, so now you're winning on 4s instead of 3s. Knights, you're winning on 5s instead of 4s. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a big change. Okay. It's a big change. And flat 2 damage, I don't know. I actually like that more than I D3. think it's better than D3, yeah. Yeah. But you could have those moments where you roll hot and you do a ton of damage, right? right? Okay. So pretty reasonable change. I think the, um, the Sagittarium Custodes are now troops instead of elites, and their gun has been beefed up big time. So uh, why, why is everybody talking about this? It gives you another option for a troop, one that has a gun, and it's a good gun. It's basically a heavy, every guy has a heavy bolter. Mm-hmm. And it has a, it's, a, uh, it's a combi weapon. The other web part of the weapon is a flat three damage uh, assault weapon, so you can fire both. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. they're really good, and then they each have a misericordia, so they're actually they're good in combat too. Interesting. Uh, they're a little expensive, but it gives, as custodes go, it gives you a reasonably priced troop that has really good firepower. I think you're going to see them very frequently. If you're playing pure custodes, you're going to take these guys because yeah. a unit of them is rocking around, just putting out really strong firepower. Right. Um, so that's exciting. And then finally, the Orion dropship got the actual flyer uh, battlefield role, which changes some of what it does. Uh, before, it was a little it was a little bit much. Mm-hmm. It was a flying knight. Uh, now it's a flyer. Yeah. So it's a relatively large change. It's not going to be able to hold objectives and stuff like that. So uh, we had an awesome, awesome video. You got to check this out. Sent in by community member Paul B. Sent us an awesome video of him flying an F-16 while wearing FLG shades. Yeah. It's pretty cool. He definitely is now a member of the Cool Guy Club. Well, he already was. For sure. This put him over the top. Yeah. And yeah. I, he, um, I hope it's okay to say this. I think it is, but he actually flew a couple of the scenes in the new Top Gun movie, too. I I'm hope sure. that's okay. I'm, I'm not, sure it's I'm, fine. I'm, I'm sure that's okay. But I was yeah. like, dude, you're cooler than I will ever be, yeah. ever. So pretty awesome. Yeah. And thank you for sending us this video. It's really neat. Uh, all right, let's talk about the ITC. Okay. Of course, if you like the ITC, you think... Uh, if you think it's cool and you would like to see it to continue to grow and thrive, mm-hmm. please consider supporting it financially via the Patreon. Yeah. Uh, 100% of the proceeds go back into the ITC to cover server fees, trophies, you know, all the... It's really expensive to run the thing. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> and any support is, is greatly appreciated. And you can follow that link in the show notes or click on the banner over at Frontline Gaming and consider supporting for as little as $1 a month. Upcoming events. Uh, wow, this is a busy weekend. Uh, we have... One, two, three, four majors. Holy, cr- holy crikey. It's a lot. Uh, we have a GT, the Twisted Onslaught, and that's in uh, Bedfordshire, United Kingdom. Uh, we have a major, the 40K Classic, in Sword and Brush in Burlington, Ontario, Canada. Uh, we have the Games of Westeros 7 in Vosteros, Sweden. Uh, we have the, 
the LWG opens Summer Slaughter in, in London. And finally, we have the Harvester of Souls in Spokane Valley, Washington, run by our good friend Bob over at the Gamers Haven. Nice. I have got to make it up to that event one of these years. He always invites me, but there's always something going on. It's such a beautiful area, too. It is, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, check out the Gamers Haven if you're ever in Spokane, Washington. It's run by a really awesome member of the community. Uh, we've got some upcoming Age of Sigmar events in the month of September. We have a major, the, Egg of, the Age of Sigmar GT at the Sword and Brush, also in uh, Canada, and a GT, the Mile High Massacre in Denver, Colorado. Nice. <coughs> Current 40K ITC top 10. Jim Vessel continues to lead the pack, but now Richard Siegler has jumped Ooh, into second place. Nipping with his, on his heels, and he's close. He, we I was, thought this was going to be a runaway for Jim. Remember at yep. the beginning of the year, we're like, there's no way anyone's going to come up. But yep. we were doing the math while we were at the event. I was like, ooh. I was like, Richard only has four strong scores. Yeah. He's going to jump way up with this Nova win because uh, the Nova now was like 294 people, 300 people. Right. So it's one of the biggest events uh, that you can go to, right? So what's, what's left of the, ma- the big events? Well, there's next, quite a few still during the year. Not really. There's pretty much the LGT. The SoCal Open. The, the SoCal LGT, Open. which is bigger. This, yeah, LGT is, I think, 400 players right. this year. And then uh, there's a few other, like... There's some other majors. But not, nothing on that size. Right. Do you know if, if either of these guys are going to LGT? Um, I don't know. But there is also the... Well, Jim um, Vessel, I think he has a private jet, <laughs> right? So he'll probably be there. That guy's bopping around the world just living his best life. <sighs> he was just in Mexico, like, for He's a, a mystery, week, man. Just yeah. partying. And Dude, then he, he does something. Showed up in Nova. Yeah. Uh, and then there's also the huge 430-person event in Spain mm. coming up in November... Uh, it's a team event, so uh, that's going to be a wonderful opportunity to go get some points. We also have an event in Portugal now, in Lisbon, okay. which is really exciting. Uh, but yeah, Jim's lead has been narrowed considerably. Richard w- jumped way up there uh, in second place. Then we have Chris Blacka moves into third. TJ Lanigan drops like a hot rock into fourth place for shame. Just kidding. He's still in the hunt as well. And then John Lennon in fifth. Very nice. Current hobby track, top five for 40K. Jim Fessel continues to lead the pack with a pretty dominating lead. I don't see how he's going to get dethroned here. Paul Winters is in second place, followed by Lou Rollins, who won it last year. Thomas Bird in fourth, and Jason Bird in fifth. Can I call them the Bird Bros? Are they related? I'm sure they are, right? We're going to pretend like they are. Mariana nodded. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) They should be best friends, if not brothers, or Mm -hmm. both. Uh, Age of Sigmar current top five. Oh my goodness! I'm assuming something happened at Nova for him. Okay, did the Jersey kid just get back into first place? He did. Well, he hopped up. Well done, Mad Pashby. It was really good seeing you at the event. Uh, Christopher Bergman moves into second. James O'Brien in third. Alex Gonzalez in fourth. Also really good to see you and your brother mm-hmm. at uh, Nova, Alex. And then Edgar Hernandez in fifth. The the rankings got shaken up big time. That was uh, a big event at Nova. Yeah. yeah. Your AOS hobby track, <clears throat> current top five. We've got Rich Waters in first, Matt Beasley in second, Jack Ballard in third, Ricky Fisher in fourth, and Matthias Crucial in fifth. So did they do the hobby track at Nova? I am not certain, hmm. but we'll find out. For shame. If Chuck, not. if you're listening to this, for shame. you're going to get a strongly worded email. Yeah. Spire, current top five. Funny story uh, here, too. Was that? No, that wasn't Shades. Kill time. That's Kill Team. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. Not a funny story. But uh, Ivan Cho moves into first place, followed by Tony Field, Jonathan Colson in third, Philip Santa Maria in fourth, and Kevin Cruz in fifth. Kill Team, current top five. Whew. 
The one and only Michael T. Holy is not in first place. Alex Torbert has dethroned <laughs> him with a narrow three-point margin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael moves down into second. Frank Dalicus in third. Tyler Hill in fourth. Ryan Hebb in fifth. Where, and, where, where is that guy? Yeah, I got to meet Mr. Dutch Adams in person. Yeah. It was fun. He was like, hey, I heard you guys talking about me on the podcast. What game is he playing? I think it's Kill Team, but I could be wrong. It might be Shadespire. He might have gotten bumped because of the... Yeah. the From what I heard, he is a cowboy. Yeah. He looked like a cowboy. Okay. He looked like a guy named Dutch Adams. Yeah. He was super nice, too. Speaking of caricatures, Vlad Nika. Well, where's our boy Vlad then? Vlad. Maybe he's like, you know, has a life now. Vlad. (laughs) Maybe he had got married and had a kid or something. (laughs) Have you been staked through the That's not as important, though. It's playing Age of Sigmar, right, Matt Pashby? If if, Vlad, if you've got a, a vampire hunter after you... Let us know. Blink Send twice. us a line. Blink twice and we'll come in. And Maybe Michael it. T. Holy went after him. <laughs> the yeah. slayer of vampires. Right. He crossed games just to get the job done. Vlad, we miss you, buddy. Yeah. Vlad was our favorite All right. vampire. Wow, we're, we're running pretty long. We haven't even hit When the, he uh, showed up to the SoCal Open dressed as a vampire, I was like, yeah. you, you win everything. Yeah. All right. So uh, last oh, episode, boy. we talked about uh, White Scars. Wanted to uh, give a specific uh, example of a list. We didn't, weren't able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I decided, hey, I'll just talk about uh, my LGT list. Mm-hmm. And this isn't even going to be able to go into everything because there's so much. But uh, the White Scars are going to be absolutely awesome. Oh. There's so many. Uh, oops, I need to change that. Um, there's so many combos in there. It's, it's ludicrous. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I actually listed my faction on my list as old that's friends, okay. But that's okay. No, 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 no it's, I'll fix it's, it. it's obviously a white scar. It's the it. first it's name on there. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, uh, taking a quick look at it, and we'll, we'll just skim the list, and then we'll talk about what some of the combos are. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the people that are going to play me at LGT don't listen to this. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You can't stop the yeah. hurricane. Prepare uh, for it. So uh, as a lot of Space Marine players are doing, you're either seeing double battalion or brigade. I like a brigade. That's mm-hmm. what I like to play pretty much always. Uh, but I got Kwasoro Khan, a librarian, Khan on a bike. Uh, an ancient with the uh, banner, an apothecary, company champion, and uh, a unit of 10 Vanguard vets, a unit of nine scout bikers, two solo attack bikes with heavy bolters, five units of five scouts, one unit of nine intercessors with a thunder hammer on the Sarge. They ride in a DACA repulsor. Mm-hmm. Uh, Khan goes in there with them. Uh, Thunderfire cannon, a devastator squad with all grav, and. Uh, Do you have two Thunderfire cannons? Oh, man, I screwed. I'm going to have to change my list. Oh. I, ju- I was in such a rush to do it that I totally screwed. Where are those points listed? Do you actually count the points, though? Gosh dang it, Reese. Well, whatever. I, I screwed up so hard. So one Thunderfire Cannon, and There's, then you can add something else to it later. Well, I'm going to have to take a yellow card because I, ju- I was in such a rush to get this. Oh, did you submit your list? Yeah. Classic. Classic dummy. This is a classic Jason. Well, there's supposed to be it. a draw pod in there. Okay. And I didn't put it on the list because I'm a fool. Um, okay, so one Thunderfire did, Cannon, one Did I just pod. miss it? I did, didn't I? Gosh, what a dummy. Mm. That's fine. Well. There's also somebody, like, dying next door, apparently, if you hear that. I got a little egg on my face. <laughs> so at any rate. Yeah, ah, whatever. I'll, I'll, get, it, I'll okay. get it done. I'll, I have to. I have so to one Thunderfire Cannon, one Drop Pod. <clears throat> and a unit of limiters. So. Okay. The, 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 the strengths of White Scars, mm-hmm. uh, one of the things why they're so good is that they're incredibly good in melee. They're incredibly fast. They can deny Overwatch. They can stop you from leaving combat, which is huge, and they can stay off the board. Those mm-hmm. are massively useful tools in match play 
40K. Kosuro uh, Khan, Primaris version of him, is a beast. He himself hits extraordinarily hard, but the real reason you take him, he has an aura of plus one to wound mm-hmm. when you charge, which combined with the Ancient who takes the Relic banner, the banner of the Eagle, gives you plus one strength. That combo typically means that uh, they're going to be wounding everything in the game on nothing, no worse than a four. Yeah. And that they're going to be wounding most things on a two if you can get both. It's not a, a guarantee, um, but that is that is kind of like the, the idea. Where do you, so Khan goes in your repulsor with the intercessors. Where does the ancient go? Is he yeah. also in there? They're supposed to all go in the drop pod that doesn't exist. Khan so, goes in the drop pod. Okay. No, no, Khan is, goes in repulsor. Oh, no, the, the ancient does. Yeah, so they're all mini marines. I've got the librarian. Got uh, the ancient, the apothecary, the company champion. Can you still take a mini apothecary? Yep. That's still included. Yes. Oh, that's a pro pro insight. Interesting. What's in the book? Uh, what's in the box? So they all ride in the drop pod with the uh, grab devastator squad. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea is that you can be anywhere on the table that you need to be with wise cars because they're ridiculously fast. Mm-hmm. So the repulsor. Uh, can move and then Khan and the unit inside can get out. Mm-hmm. And between the repulsor and the intercessors, it's like over a hundred shots. Yeah. It's crazy. And then the scout bikers have 58 shots. Right. And they can go, Ooh. they can go 16 plus six. They can advance. Mm-hmm. You can advance and charge. Or you can fall back and charge because you're white scars. But then through a combination of all, all kinds of crazy stuff via stratagem, psychic powers, etc., the unit of scout bikers can advance, shoot, charge have a three up invul save and be minus one to hit versus shooting mm-hmm. they can ignore over well, you have a psychic power that lets you ignore overwatch and the real strength of it is not just that it makes an enemy unit not overwatch it makes one of your units unable to be overwatched which is ludicrously strong yeah right so you can have one unit that flies across the table is going to be first turn charging almost guaranteed because you can get plus three to your advance and charge mm-hmm. so again a unit of scout bikers could go 16 plus nine plus 2d6 plus three, rolling three dice, taking the two highest for your charge. It's crazy. And they can do all that acting essentially normally mm-hmm. and then go charge you know, most of your opponent's army without taking any overwatch and just completely gum them up. And then another crazy trick you can do with the bike unit, you can come in, blast a screen, 58 shots. Mm-hmm. Uh, you make Khan on a bike. Uh, you upgrade him to be a chapter master for the full reroll aura if you, if you so feel like doing. He has the captain keyword. Um, they can then charge another unit. They have three attacks each on the charge. Mm-hmm. So they have, they're, they're pretty good in melee. And if you manage to destroy the enemy unit, or even not, uh, they can consolidate with a stratagem six plus D6 inches. They could consolidate up to 12 inches into the next closest unit. Yeah. So you could, like, the scout bikers alone can just go blow through multiple screens and then go up and tag a bunch of enemy units mm-hmm. and just completely screw up your opponent's plan. Like, imagine that against Ash Militarum. Right. Right? You're like, oh, I'm going to kill, like, three units of infantry with this one unit and mm-hmm. then pile into all your artillery units. Yeah. Game, set, match. Not a good day to be anyone other than Space Marines. Yeah. That's the <laughs> space Marines, I, I'm afraid Space Marines are OP, that's the, uh, quite frankly. That's my opinion, at least, is from hearing in people's games and whatnot. Yeah. And then uh, uh, the, other, the, other thing that, that makes, uh, yeah. uh, the, the other thing that makes White Scar so strong, right, is that you have all, like, if you're going first, you have all these units to just obliterate your opponent's screens. Yeah. If you think you're going to go second, if you're worried about going second, you outflank them. Mm-hmm. It's so strong. 
Now, with the recent FAQ, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on which side of the table you're on, mm -hmm. uh, you can no longer have the repulsor outflank and then have the units inside get out. Yeah. Probably for the better, um, but that was part of the whole trick, mm -hmm. uh, the whole shtick of it before. You can't do that now, so it's not quite as powerful, but the ability to avoid getting blown off the table on the first turn, yeah. if you go second, is huge. Right. It's huge. It, let, it gives you the flexibility to, to go like, I'm going to beta strike you instead. Yeah. Right? And then uh, the whole idea with the draw pod with the characters and the, the Devastator Scott with grabbing it is that mm -hmm. they can go wherever everybody else is. Yeah. And deposit all the support characters next to Because that can come them. down turn one. So it, yep. you're not limited by, oh, yep. now I have to set up a turn two, turn three charge. Yep. It's really good. It's yep. like, I am worried. <laughs> yeah, actually, Every list that I write now, I'm like, well, what about Space Marines? And we've only seen two yeah. of the Space Marines. Axis of Inchby, if you go second, your repulsor will never move. Yeah, but I just answered that question. You simply outflank it if you're worried about it. Right. Uh, and well, why are, are pretty, that? Repulsors are pretty tough anyway. Like, as long as you can stay out of line of sight. Why are they saying that? Because you get blown up or whatever. Oh, because yeah. it's easy to kill one vehicle, yeah. Repulsors um, are not easy to kill. But, no, they're not. Um, so uh, some of the other fun stuff. Phase add up, I like that. Don't nerf Marines. Make everyone, everyone else, else better. I think what happened was Space Marines are have inadvertently nerfed every other codex. <laughs> That's, well, I mean, that's my opinion again. I just, I read a lot about, I don't play as much as I should, but I read a lot about people playing and their games and it's, I don't like what I'm seeing. It's too powerful. We'll see. Yeah. Like I, I am genuinely yeah. worried that, that it's like what you just, what you just said. I'm afraid that like, let's say you go and you play that at a tournament and yes, you should go to a tournament expecting that kind of stuff. But if that happened to me and I lost the game on turn one because that I don't know if I would want to keep playing, you know, I don't know. It's just, uh, that's a lot. It's a lot to take in. The thing, the, the thing that's going to be bad with Marines, in my opinion, is that their offense is so overwhelming mm -hmm. that if you build like a hardcore alpha strike army, like the one I'm describing, mm -hmm. if you go first and you get to do your thing, you're going to crush your opponent before they even do anything. Yeah. That's not good for the game. Right. But we'll see. They still die like Marines. They're, they, yeah. Uh, they're not ultra resilient. Yeah, we'll see. And it's not like there wasn't very powerful things before these codexes came out. Like knights have been very good. Custodes are very good. Uh, chaos demons and chaos mix have been very good. So we'll see. It might just be the sticker shock. You know, I don't know. We'll see. But um, I think the LGT will be a very good. It will be because this is going to be the first yep. big event using the new rules, right? Yep. Yeah. So the, uh, some of the other fun stuff uh, in there, the, the company champion is insanely good, especially for White Scars, for how cheap he is. He's on foot. He goes... Yeah, he, okay. well, I, I have to take him out because I'm an idiot. I didn't put my drop pod in. The list literally doesn't work. Can you work. change your list now? I think you can eat a yellow card and change it. I didn't realize okay. I screwed up because I was at Nova and Just I was Just tell working. Zach. You'd be like, do you know who I am? <laughs> be like, I'll give you a yellow card. Yeah. If you I mean, if I can't... <laughs> I'll give I, you a red card if you don't take away my yellow card. That's what you got to say. Just power move. Wield your power. <laughs> What power? It's got to be good for something. <laughs> yeah. Intimidation. Um, uh, yeah, and then the White Scars have a stratagem to let you disembark after moving. That's the whole shtick. Yeah. Because the, then the, the intercessors get out. You use the rapid fire stratagem to make them uh, have four shots apiece. Mm -hmm. Between them and the repulsor, it's over 100 shots. Yeah. And it, it's crazy. Um, and then you have the Vanguard Vets, which they have jump packs. You keep them in reserve. Every single guy has a storm shield and a chainsaw to put a thunder right. hammer on the sergeant. Because you can get, uh, in, in uh, White Scars, you can get a Thunderhammer up to doing five damage AP4. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really powerful. God. So what they do is they, usually they're going to just hang tight off yep. the table. They're going to drop down. You, you double buff them. 
to get plus three to their charge. Mm -hmm. You use the stratagem to roll 3d6, take the two highest for the charge, as long as they're the first unit to charge. You throw the no overwatch uh, psychic power on them. And then they're going to go in and they're going to, each guy is going to have four. Because you'll drop them near the, the, the library. Librarian, right. Yep. yep. Assuming that I can pull that off. Right. Right. It's, you have to have model placement, correct? Have you thought about putting a jump pack on the librarian? Um, you, I, you definitely could. Just so like if it doesn't work out for you, you're like, well. The idea was to just go into the drop pod, um, right. which I didn't even put in the list because I'm a genius. I'm going to have to change it. Yeah. But uh, uh, it saves points. Okay. Right, and so the that unit, each Vanguard vet has a three up invul save, four strength. Uh, if I'm near the banner, if I can pull it off, mm -hmm. strength five, AP one, two damage, chainsword attacks mm -hmm. with potentially plus one to wound from con if I can orchestrate it all correctly, and then a thunderhammer on the sergeant. They'll kill almost anything that they hit, and they're yeah. very they're resilient. It's 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 crazy, <laughs> and then they can leave combat and still charge mm -hmm. and shoot. Not that they have anything to shoot, but they could. Um, and then, of course, you have the Grav uh, Centurions, or I'm sorry, Devastators, yeah. come down, and with the new Grav Amplification Strat, whatever it's called, uh, you reroll wounds and the damage roll. Mm -hmm. In a league game I just played, my opponent hit me with that unit and killed a knight in one shot. Now, he Ooh. rolled hot, and I rolled yeah. bad. But uh, they should do, you know, 14 damage mm -hmm. to a knight. And you have that unit that's not very expensive. They drop down their minus one to hit, but with a Chapter Master, you're rerolling everything. Mm-hmm. And you're doing a, a, just a ton of damage. And like, yeah. this is the tip of the iceberg with mm -hmm. what you can do with space. Oh, and I, let me, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Ghost Rider, Captain. Yeah. So uh, uh, if you scroll up too, you'll see that in a list like this, with uh, uh, White Scar or on my list, I'm sorry. Uh, a list like this, I have five relics. That's because Space Marines can pay one CP to get a free relic. Mm -hmm. And you get the one free one, and then you have, why not, right? right. Since you're going into melee, you want to buff them up. Uh, the company champion, you can give him the shield eternal. Now he has a three up invul save, a five up against mortal wounds caused by psychic powers. And as a white scar, he's doing work in combat for no points. He's so good for his points. Mm -hmm. um, and then on turn three, you know, he's doing three damage a pop. It's crazy how good he is for so little points. You know what's sad uh, when I'm looking at that? The Brotherhood champion for the Grey Knights. <laughs> Objectively. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Let me get the world's smallest violin. Objectively worse <laughs> is over double the points. He has a one uh, one damage smite, bro. God, Game Workshop, come on. <laughs> I immediately picked up on that. I'm not going to argue it. Uh, but let me also... It's so let, sad. Let me tell you a little bit more about the company champion. Yeah. He has a uh, six-inch heroic intervention, mm -hmm. and he rerolls hits and wounds against characters. Yeah. He's so ridiculously good Gosh. for his points. It's absurd. My brother, great nice uh, players. Come on. Let's rally. Yeah. Uh, and then just to kind of fill in a little bit more of where mm -hmm. some of these combos are coming from, the plume of the plane runners uh, uh, is the one that gives you plus one. It's a relic that gives you plus one to your advance and charge. It's a bubble. Uh, Banner of the Eagle gives you a five up um, uh, plus one strength, excuse me, in melee. And then it also does the normal stuff where on a four plus you get to shoot or punch before you die. It's yeah. obviously extremely good for Marines because they tend to have low model count. Uh, and then con on the bike, as I was speaking before, you take the wrath of the heavens. No, there's all different kinds of ways to make this guy an absolute savage beast. Um, you know, you, you can give him a five damage thunder hammer. You can do all this right. crazy, crazy stuff. Uh, the one that for me is like, you, it's an automatic auto take. Mm -hmm. 
is the um, you take Wrath of Heavens, which is the bike that lets you go 16 inches. You ignore terrain and other models. Yeah. And then you take the Master of Snares Warlord trait where on a four up, a model can't leave combat with you. Now, what the, the trick here <clears throat> is you want to try and touch two units. If you touch two units, there's a 75% chance that you trap one of them. Mm -hmm. With a CP reroll, it goes up to about 90% that one of those units doesn't leave combat. Now, imagine you're playing Richard Siegler. Yeah. Right. And you drop in, you blow a hole through the drones. You got your captain go in there. He goes as far as, what is it, 25 inches. Mm -hmm. you, put, you make it so he can't be overwatched. He power slides his bike into two riptides and you trap them both or one of them. That's probably you just won the game mm -hmm. because if they can't leave combat and they can't shoot. Now, let's say you get a bunch of other units in there to touch uh, to gang pile onto one of the units that's been hopefully trapped in combat and they can't shoot you. You just won the game. Yeah, it's ludicrously like insanely powerful and a lot of people miss out on that. But. If you get that combo and you trap someone in combat and then you, you get a bunch of your other units in there so that they can't be shot or, or interacted mm -hmm. with, that's, that's usually going to be a, a, a game set match. It's like that next level stuff. For sure. White Scrolls have so many tools, it's yeah. dumb how good they are. And, and everyone's talking about Ultramarines, Ultramarines aggressors, because they're insanely powerful. Yeah. And I think a, a, a net list is going to be an Ultramarines list with 18 aggressors. It's going to be a, a monkey could play that army and, mm -hmm. and do well with it. I think Ultramarines, when played correctly, when using the right combos, will smash that list into the ground. Yeah. Right? It, it, you just you have the tools to crush them uh, if you do it well, if you do it right. Right. So... I'm curious to see how popular White Scar is going to be because everything I just described sounds all wonderful, but it takes a lot of coordination to make it all come together. Mm -hmm. um, but we'll see. I'm excited to play them. I just, you know, got to write my list correctly. Like <laughs> idiot. Uh, let's jump into chat and uh, answer any questions. Yeah, I'm going to have to jump. I have to drop that company champion. Oh, God, what a dummy I am. Uh, oh, well, hopefully I can change it. That's going to be playing on hard mode if I cannot. Uh, correct, Fiasco Man, awesome to see you at Nova Open, as oh always. Um, Rionar, that is way too long of a comment to possibly read it in yeah. <laughs> chat. I'm sorry. Send that to Games Workshop Customer Service. Uh, the question of the day, uh, will Salamanders and Imperial Fists be on this level? Phase that up. I honestly think Imperial Fists are going to be the, if not the most popular, I think they'll be the second most popular. Iron Hands are going to be like the easiest to play um they're really really good imperial fists are like bananas the mm -hmm. offense is insane i think salamanders have the most powerful offense but they're not as easy to use as imperial fist or iron hands so i think that you're going to see <clears throat> iron hands imperial fist be the most common uh probably salamanders will be up in the mix mm -hmm. white scars it doesn't jump out at you how good they are yeah uh, and then raven guard are going to be like the gene stealer colt of space marines yeah they're going to be the trickiest uh, they have all kinds of shenanigans they can pull. They're really, really good, but it's it doesn't scream power like the other ones do. Yeah. Um, Look, it's it's uh, Carlos. It's been a while. Wolf Priest Carl, what up, buddy? Uh, you should come by sometime. Um, we uh, I actually forgot Space Wolves had a codex, to be honest. Uh, Primark <laughs> Safarius, thank you so much. I appreciate the wishing me luck at the LGT. Look forward to seeing you. Yeah, uh, Last year, I played some of the some extremely good players at the LGT. I'm mm -hmm. sure it'll be the same this year. There was a guy who was like really handsome and in shape that you liked a lot. 
<laughs> he actually made an awesome like how to play ITC format video. Nice. That yeah, was really good. Did he uh, have his shirt off when he's doing it? I hope so. I want my money back if he didn't. Yeah. Anarchy eighty eight says a captain on a bike with a relic chain sword and oh yeah, the relic chain the teeth of terror is insanely good. He killed thirty orcs by himself. Oh my god. Well yeah, you can attack so many times. Jesus. Yeah, the the, the teeth of terror on a captain is eight attacks on a charge. What's the, we were talking about this earlier this morning, but like what's the point where the offensive power in this game gets so high that you have to lower points so people don't get tabled turn one or two? Like, I, we're, I feel like we're going to hit a tipping point at some point. I think where we're Where it's there. like it's too, it's just there's too much overwhelming offense that, like, you can't have that many points. It's just, you if one, it really comes down to who goes first at that point. Like, literally comes down to You need good terrain. That's the only right. answer. Like, you need but to be able to But if people can assault turn one and wipe out half your army, no matter what terrain you have. Well, that's, again, that's right. why magic boxes, yeah. as much as people like to. And that's just a, that's a real concern for me. I'm just like, I, I like where the game's at and I think it's very healthy but like there's it's very easy to go too far in one direction where you actually it gets negative well that, like that's, that's why terrain is such an important part of it because right. bikes all this crazy stuff I was just describing you can do with bikes yeah. you can't do it if someone's inside of an enclosed room yeah right like that's why these things are good for the game yeah. because it means you can't always do your trick you have to adapt mm -hmm. that's really important yeah. right it that's why I'm not a big fan of having the exact same train on every table. I, I totally get it. Yeah, it creates, logistically, too. I, I get it. Yeah. I understand why you would make it. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying that you can game for the terrain at that point, mm -hmm. right? And I, I think it's important to mix it up so that you can't always know exactly what to expect. Yeah. Right? Um, but, yeah, I, 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 am a, I do fear that mm -hmm. a really good Space Marine army played by a good player that, that gets his trick to work is going to utterly smash their opponent before they even get to do anything. Yeah. And that's going to suck. I could be wrong. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. People I'm will just, adapt. I got to say I'm a bit nervous. People will yeah. adapt. Yeah. Like, this isn't the first time we've seen the broken army come into the scene. Right. Uh, but, we have, but we haven't seen seven broken armies come onto the scene all at once. Yeah. It's your variety is your options, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Buddha Bob, I think all the best space green lists are going to be pure. Um, yeah. You'll see people splash stuff into armies for soup. But um, if you want to unlock their, you know, final form, so to speak, you want to go pure. Mm -hmm. I think pure Imperial Fist will be the most or second most popular mm -hmm. flavor of Marines. I, dueling with Iron Hands, that, that's my prediction. Yeah. We'll see how, how accurate it is. And then another fun one, I was talking to my teammate, Ben Cromwell. And I've actually seen now a lot of people talking about this online. Mm -hmm. There are some gnarly combos you can do with Incursors. I kind of dismissed Incursors, to be honest. Mm -hmm. In playtesting, I was like, yeah, they're okay. Um, and I, I honestly, I just, those I are the auto cannon guys, right? The no, no, they're the new troop. That's the other part of the infantry. Oh, that they can throw the, 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 the bombs bomb. down the yeah. mines. Yeah. Okay. So I, and to be honest, I, I missed this. Um, and th this happens, but, uh, their paired combat blades give them an extra hit on a six mm -hmm. and there's multiple other ways you can stack it mm -hmm. so that they can get, you know, three or even more hits on a uh, six to hit. Yeah. And then with the chapter master, you reroll everything that's not a six to try and fish for more sixes. Yeah. Um, and it's the amount of damage that they can do in melee is is astounding. Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's crazy. And if, if you put that into a white scars army, it would, it's even crazier because a lot of people are going down the path of the choose your own adventure chapters, mm -hmm. which is cool. It's fun. And there's a lot of really <clears throat> interesting combos. You lose a lot. I don't think it's worth it myself. Um, although like talking to my teammate, Ben, who's building his list around it. 
he's cool with it because he's losing a lot, but he's he's optimizing for the things he does have. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he took uh, Whirlwind of Fury to get it stacks like a third or fourth uh, hit on a six. It's it's pretty bonkers. Yeah. But if you did it with White Scars and you had plus one strength, plus one to wound, AP one two damage on turn three, they'll kill anything in the game when they mm-hmm. charge it. Yeah. And uh, they're Phobos Marines, so that there's all kinds of strategy. They have a strategy that lets it allows you to not shoot them if not the closest model and all this crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, units. So that's something to be aware of. Uh, those incursors, they flew under my radar, radar personally, but my eyes have been open to it. And uh, they're actually a premier uh, melee unit if you can get them there. And then, of course, they have deployment tricks and all kinds of stuff. So that's something to be looking out for. Uh, really, really strong. Yeah. <laughs> really strong. Uh, and another cool trick, too, their gun ignores modifiers to hit. So they're yeah. going to be really good against you know Eldar and everything else. All right, so hopefully that gives you a little bit better information than last episode. I kind of revealed some of my own tricks and tips that I've been doing mm-hmm. and using to success. But why don't we take a look at this recent FLG Paint Studio commission? This is Ooh, pretty amazing. Pretty in- insane. I really. love it. This is uh, now the, the client. That's Nagash. It's Nagash, but it's but, customized to be sitting on a throne. And that throne is made out of, uh, like, the black coach or something. Yeah, we didn't build this one. The client actually provided the model built. Um, That's an incredible conversion. Even with the base. So I'm not sure if he did it himself or if he bought it like that. Very cool looking. Yeah. Um, and then the artist, of course, just hit this out of the park. It is, it's amazing. This is one of the coolest things that's come out of our studio. It's Yes, it's very unique, very cool. I'm very happy that we got this in to take nice photos of. Um, I like the little effect around, so like where the, the sword glow. is touching. Um, but every one of those skulls had to be painted. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the artist did a great job on this. And I believe that's uh, Tabletop Plus. Probably could have went into the Masterclass realm. but um, It's a gorgeous yeah. model, gorgeous paint job. And then we have a, a Canis Rex model that was done. This is also Tabletop Plus. Generally speaking, knights are done usually at Tabletop Plus because of just the complexity of it. We, we, we will usually um, recommend to clients to do that way. Um, but this is the traditional Games Workshop paint scheme that the, the client requested with the, um, the driver as well, um, the little knight there, and a level three basing. Um, which is complex, and it looks really good. Yeah, it's gorgeous. It looks just like the uh, model in the yeah, box. Yeah, so if you guys want um, your nights done to look like the Games Workshop uh, website, we can do that for you, no problem. Yeah, we're always accepting new commissions and artists. Go check out flgpaintstudio.com if you want to get some more info. Now let's jump over. If you want to talk to me, if you want to send me a nice email that says, hey, Jason, your mustache inspired me today yep. to, uh, to go above and beyond. Uh, correct fiasco man they lose more than just that you obviously don't get the special characters and such I, I feel like it's pretty heavy penalty to pay but if you find a really slick combo in there that you that you like hey go for it what do you think about Games Workshop's decision to say if you summon an assassin you lose I think it's the good benefits. space marines are so strong yeah. Crimea River. I like that to be honest Crimea River yeah. if you're upset you can't also take an assassin on top of all the insane stuff space marines get I'm surprised that they didn't also take that away from Grey Knights though they could have been like Grey Knights too <laughs> They should just run, every time they do something, be like, oh, and also you, Grey Knights, you cannot have that also. Like when they, when everyone thought they lost Bolter Drill, which I believe they actually did, and then they went and reworded it, um, I thought that was pretty funny. I was like, good, just keep nerfing it. Like, it makes us proud. Us Grey Knight boys. Yeah. And girls. Oh, uh, no. Valerie, I do take exterminators in my list. I take a unit of three because they're amazing to fill out. Now they're really. <laughs> to fill out a brigade. They're so good. And maybe I didn't mention it, but there is a unit of uh, eliminators in there. I've been on the receiving end of Pablo's. He would he was running three units of th- three. 
nominators yeah. and they just annihilated me. Yeah. It was bad. They're really good against low armor save armies, but now in the Devastator Doctrine with the extra AP, they're, they're good against everything. Yeah. But uh, against things like uh, uh, some Eldar characters, Astra Militarum, they just annihilate. The, it's brutal. They just kill those characters so easily. Yep. Um, I've also been very impressed with the Imperial Fist Stalker Bolt Rifle. Says Don the Magnificent. Yep. Well, just wait till you get the chapter supplement. Imperial Fists are going to go to an 11. I, it's crazy. Don's chaos list went out the window. I know. I heard Don shedding some tears on uh, the internet. Did he? Did you light your models on fire? <laughs> uh, phase Adam says Imperial Fist with rapid fire plus tactical doctrine is a little shredder. Yes. Again, just wait till you see what their final form is. I do feel bad for people it's who bonkers. play like, like horde orcs or guard or something, and then they they literally on turn one lose their all of their models. Ow, so like, oh, well, like we gotta we gotta wait and see how it goes. People are going to adapt. I know. I'm being negative about it. I just I'm so concerned. I I I have PTSD from seventh edition. Like I literally do. Like I remember how bad it was and how I quit and it sucked. And so, like, please don't. Yeah. Just let's keep things as it is for a little while. I, we'll, we'll, we can end it on that note. We'll see. I think the first time you play Space Marines, yeah. it's gonna you're gonna get your pants pulled down. But just like anything, you're, you'll adjust. Yeah, you'll adjust. I, I do fear that they're OP. I, I do. Yeah. But we'll see. People, the, the meta always adjusts, um, except for when they don't. Uh. Early Inari, and then the Castellan list. Those were just straight OP. Yeah. Uh, Wizard of Boss says there's one thing that makes custom chapters strictly superior: do-it-yourself loyalist death card. Yeah, you can make there you go really resilient do-it-yourself armies, uh, but you you lose a lot whether or not you think that that's worth it or not. But the cool thing is, there's going to be a ton of variety. Yeah. A ton of variety. Alrighty, uh, well, it's hot. So uh, answers of HP. That's a good note to finish it on. Space Marines still die. Yep, they do. But they, wow, they are good. That is true. The Space El Camino, a.k.a. the Impulsor, is one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, just remember that. Space Marines still die uh, as easily as they always did, which I think if you go back and think about when you were playing Space Marines and they Except sucked, for Aggressors. Uh, well, yeah, Aggressors got an extra wound. <laughs> centurions are... I'm surprised more people aren't talking about Centurions. They're ludicrous. They will. Uh, give it time. They, if you remember when Space Marines were one of the worst armies in the game... Uh, when you played them, it was a cakewalk. You just smashed them. Yeah. Well, now they're going to have ludicrous offense, but their defense, for the most part, hasn't really changed that much. Right. Um, until we see some of the other chapters. Yeah. Mm. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for episode, I don't even know, 652. Oof. Jeez. At one point, we're just going to start over. We should. <laughs> like, rebrand it. Yeah. And have, like, make it extreme. Like, we'll do, like, 90s extreme. We'll, like, eat corn nuts on it. And, like, we'll come in and rollerblade on, onto the set. <laughs> Have our show notes in a fanny pack. Yeah. Uh, Anyways. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Signals from the Frontline. You hope you enjoyed it. Make sure to check out the other shows on the FLGN. Yeah. There's some really they're good okay. stuff. They're not as good, but they're, they're okay. Yeah, they, I mean, yeah. you know, second fiddle. Not everybody can be Signals from the Frontline. No, no. Uh, the Auto War, they interviewed uh, Richard Siegler, who won the Nova oh. Open. Uh, that's a good one. 40K Stats Center, they go over all kinds of fun stuff. Those guys are hilarious. And on Chapter Tactics, uh, Pablo recaps Nova and talks about some other really cool stuff. Make sure to check them out, and we will see you all next week. Yep.